This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hi, it's Vanessa from the Fighting Stigma Show on Free FM. Are you a Waikato local? Do you have an idea for a radio show? Do you want to try your hand at being a content creator on Free FM? If so, check out our website on freefm.org.nz or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch. This program is sponsored by New Zealand Bridge, sponsors of Grassroots Bridge across the nation. Welcome to the Bridge Zone. You're at the table with Barry and Mariana. We are taking a rest from doing our 10 minutes about something about Bridge. We've just gone down to a couple of days, and that's going to start next week, Barry. But I think we're going to have a crack this Friday. That'll be good. So what we would like, Barry and I would like to know how many people have actually been watching, because we can't tell. We don't know how many hits. And we'd really like to know if what we were chatting about was advantageous to anybody. If anyone's got any feedback, whether you like seeing our bloody mugs on New Zealand Bridge website every day, have no idea. Do you think we should ask for marks out of 10, Mariana? Oh, shall we get numbers so that people can hold up numbers and say one, ten, God. I'm picking there wouldn't be too many tens, Mariana. I thought some of the subjects we chatted about were pretty good. <laughs> I mean, our look, we get many 10 out of 10s for our looks. I see. Especially when I had a shave. I think that was funny, Barry. We're going to head back to the studio <laughs> next week and see how we go. At the moment, we're still Zooming because the media sort of works for us right now. If you knew the amount of time that we took, to actually complete a bridge zone session, then maybe you would give us a break and give us a 10. But we enjoy doing the bridge zone and certainly keep in touch with the masses. I was saying to Barry earlier on yep. that I looked up on WBF just to see who was the top ranking in the open fields, and it was by Master Points, and it's Pierre Zimmerman. Barry, you've found out some information about him. What's his history? He's a Swiss property developer. He's a sponsor, so he pays top players to play in his team. He has employed Tony Nunes. He has employed them. He's had Gia Helgamo and Tor Helnes. Yeah, he's employed a lot of the top players to play in his team. And I guess if you've got lots of money, that's helpful. Yeah, real estate, on- that's your game. He's in real estate in Switzerland, so he was living in Monaco, but I understand he's back in Switzerland now. Got a couple of Norwegians and a couple of Polish people, or I can't, I'm not sure who's in his team. They're not from Switzerland. I know that. What <laughs> yeah, is the no. residential time frame to be able to play it's, for another country? If you want to play internationally, you've got to have lived in the country for two years. I think right. that is the criteria. So right. there you go, Mary. If you want to move to Switzerland, you need a couple of years before you can play there. <laughs> what else did you find out in the world rankings? Zio was up there. Zia in the senior rankings, he was at 22. Okay. Didn't make my first page. I was trolling through 19 at a time. And I had a little look and Lady Fen from China is the top woman. And you've got some news as well. You made the rankings of the mixed pairs. It's only based on the master points that you've gained. So a lot of these people have not had much opportunity to get master points, obviously, in the last little while. So it's hard for them to improve their rankings. But we did manage to get something like half of a some sort of point for beating Australia in the online test match. So that ranked us 402nd in the world <laughs> in the mixed rankings. So, but you made it. Mm, yeah, there you go. We made it into the into the top 402. 
I think I will have a little look. I don't know how well my finger will be by the time I push through 20 pages, 20 names at a time by the time I get to 402. But I'm going to have a look at it in black and white. Congratulations, making a world list. Oh, by the way, did you hear on the news about Grant Fox? He's um, made the top 115. He's 97, I think he was. And so he gets his card automatically again next year. So numbers are good. I think you're quite correct there, Mariana. I don't think Grant Fox is going anywhere. Oh, I think it might have been, his, it might have been his son, Ryan. Ryan Fox, yeah, apologies. Apologies. And now he's trying to get in the top 60 to get another card for something else. I'm not too sure what that is. Well done to him. Anyway, back to Bridge. Have you been playing on BBO much this week? No, I've had a break for the last seven days. I've been a little bit tied up with my husband. I'm hopeful to play tonight, which is why we're Zooming this morning. That'll be good. I've actually, here you go. Here's a headline. Jenna Robinson and I have entered for the Tupuki Open Restricted 3A that's coming up 9th of, of October. We've put our names forward. Well, now that we're not changing levels, Barry, it's a, it's a little bit easier to expect that the tournament's going to go through. Well, we are allowed gatherings of 100 now, aren't we, under the new yeah. uh, zone 2 rules? So I guess that's 25 tables. Would have been a bit difficult before when they could only have 12 tables, although I suppose that was still possible. So I subbed last night on BPO, uh, Mariana. I wasn't playing, but Patrick got me to play with a lovely lady from Pateruru. Pateruru, oh, cool. If you're listening, Bev Hendricks. She's a lovely lady, played with her, and so that was a lot of fun. We had a few mishaps. I think we had four zeros in our 24 boards. <laughs> not so good, but we still wound up six. Not too bad. Well, that's the problem with BBO. You don't get 30 seconds at the bar, Barry. Yeah. You just get taken to the table. No, it was very quick. We played SAYC and Natural Count. That was our entire system. They still seem to be getting good numbers online, and people, I guess, are getting used to playing online. Must be an awful lot of bridge players out there not playing online that are just hanging out for a game of bridge. And I see oh. that some clubs in the Waikato have reopened. Yes, that's interesting, isn't it? We're having a little discussion about whether or not we're going to revisit the need to revisit for Hamilton. So I don't know. I'm still. Level one. I know if they do go back to playing, uh, if the committee do change their mind about level one play at the club and they do go they go back earlier than level one, I probably won't be playing. I'll keep yeah. myself a little bit safer. I think the oh. numbers have been down a little bit at the clubs. Like I think there's, I noticed Rotorua, Fakatani, Waitomo and Waihi are all playing, but their numbers haven't been great because there oh. obviously will be some people that won't want to play. And I guess that's just, you know, you make that decision. New, New Plymouth, and we know that Kermit was telling us that New Plymouth, you know, we're getting sort of six or eight tables. I guess people have got the option of playing or not. What do you think about the stance of to let people in vaccinated or not? What do you think about that? I don't know whether I, I think that that is a great thing. I mean, it's been on the news this week, hasn't it, about people employing people or yep, losing their jobs if they're not fully vaccinated. That seems a bit harsh doesn't it, from a bridge point of view? But on the other hand, I don't know. It's a pretty tough decision for a lot of bridge clubs to make. And who's going to police it? And just how are you going to police it? I suppose you're just going to have to ask them all to produce their card if they've been pretty found your card? I got my second jab yesterday, and they gave me a brand-new bright and shiny card. Oh, very good. Oh, you've got it as well. So we're on a Zoom call, folks, so I'm just showing Mariana my card. 
kick me off the bridge zone. Oops, hang on a minute. It's that way, isn't it? Yep, yeah, there anyway, you go. Yeah. That's very good. And how are you feeling? Because one of my team actually was away for two days because she was feeling a bit yuck and actually got a migraine. Have you had any side effects? I, well, not yesterday, but I must admit I woke up this morning feeling a bit grotty and I don't usually get headaches or anything, but I, yeah, I wouldn't say that I was sick, but I'm not feeling as on top of the world as usual. But yesterday I was absolutely fine. Yeah, I didn't have any um, repercussions on my second jab, so I'm glad. So you're feeling a little bit flat. I'll be fine. By tomorrow, I'll be on top of the world again. Interesting talk with Judge Julie this morning about natural suits and creating something out of nothing. When you get a hard hand, it's going to be pretty good listening for people that think, right, what do I do here? Instead of passing, just have another little thought. It's okay to stretch the truth. I loved her reaction to my comment when people say, when they do something weird and the opponent's done it, and then they say, oh, it's just bridge. I love her reaction to that. <laughs> she was not impressed with just bridge. No secrets at the table. That's her catch cry. And it's true. It is. And sometimes mm. it's hard. Sometimes you have to do the thingy. It's not cheating, by the way, people. It's not cheating. It's being a little bit creative. There's absolutely no problem in being creative as long as partner either A, doesn't know about it, or B, knows about it and informs the opposition. That's mm. fine. Be as creative as you like. It's the disclosure thing that is the problem, disclosing all information that you know to the opponents. Obviously, if you're doing something really creative that you've never done before and that partner isn't going to get, well, hey, by the way, if partner isn't going to get it, maybe it wasn't such a good idea anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We're going to head off and see Kermit and hear what she's got to say down at the pond. Get your gumboots on, we're going down to the pond. What's this? It's Kermit's Bridge Tips with Pam Livingston. Morena. Hi there. Kia ora, Kermit. What tip have you got for us this week, Kermit? Something from under the lily pad? This one is a defensive tip, and as you know, defence is my favourite part of the game. And this week's tip is, a defensive signal is an exchange of information, not a command. So as we develop our game, we start learning about defensive signals, and we may play all kinds of different defensive signals. Mostly people play reverse attitude, but there's count signals and revolving signals and all kinds of things. What they all are, they are advisory. They are giving partner some information. And it doesn't absolve partner of actually thinking (laughs) about what's happening in the hand. Because there's more information available than just an advisory signal. It's an advisory thing and it doesn't absolve you from thinking about it in context. And by that I mean you've got other information to go on. You've got the option. And you've got what's happened so far in the play. So by all means, take notice of what partner is telling you, but put it in context with the rest of the hand and consider it as advisory. And that practice you've had playing with robots where they don't give any signals has helped you with this? Uh, Now you raise a fine point there, Barry, because the robots don't play any signals and you have to really think. I actually prefer having a human partner who does give me advice. But it is just advice. And say partner, I lead a suit and they say that they like it and I get in again. 
I still need to think about the whole hand. I'm not going to automatically play that suit back because partner played an encouraging card. I've got to look at the whole hand and the information I know about it. And it's same when they're discarding. They're giving me advice based on what they can see, but I can see a different set of information. And it is a real teamwork situation. It is. I don't know whether it's a good thing to mention, but it is irritating when you've overcalled a suit. I don't mind the robot not leading it if they have a good alternative, but they often lead something really weird. and That is annoying. The, the robots aren't cooperative. They are not trying to give you information. Playing the percentage yeah. thing. So there might be a good reason for you to carry on doing your thing and then slide it across to partner, taking on board the information that they gave you. So it's not a halt, stop what you're doing, do this right now. It's a, here's some information, use it or stick it in with your hand and your plan and see how it helps you. Yes, that's right. And I think people take a big leap in their thinking in defence when they stop thinking of signals as commands. Because in a way, if you think of a signal as a command, it absolves you of any thinking. Right. Don't you think, though, Pam, maybe rather than people stop thinking, they take the easy way out, which is partner said they wanted art, so I led one. So therefore, it won't be my fault if it's wrong, <laughs> rather than try to work it out and, and maybe maybe not immediately switch to what partners ask for. Yeah, and it might depend who your partner is, because some of your partners may understand that defence is a cooperative thing, and some of them may not. (laughs) So if they play a signal saying they're encouraging in diamonds, and you don't play one, but you have a very good reason, they may not be that sympathetic. Who knows? I don't think that's the best attitude to take with what is essentially a cooperative thing between two people. Signals are advisory. But you should take notice, strongly take notice of them, absolutely, but they're not the be-all and end-all command. It's contextual. Hope I'm not using too many big words in there. <laughs> well, I like cooperative. You said that a couple of times, and I'm all on board with that. Cooperative and contextual, because other things have happened on the hand. She's thinking about her bank, Pam. You've said the right thing. It's all constructive. I guess if you've got nothing better to do, you may as well humour partner, but often you do have something better to do, or occasionally you have something better to do. Yeah, I think the key point is to think about it and to take partner's advisory on board, but to think about it, not just be an automaton. What I'm getting at is I think maybe there's a bit of laziness creeps in and you think, oh, God, that's too much work to figure out what I should do. Why don't I just do what partner suggested? And that's not always best. I guess that way you can always win the postmortem. <laughs> is that too? Depends how important that is to you, I suppose. <laughs> it is, of course, provided that partner pulled out the right card. Hey, then, they could have pulled out the wrong card and then all hell breaks loose. Well, I think you've always got to assume that partner's done something sensible because if you don't not brilliant or mind-blowing just sensible Mm. (laughs) because if you can't assume that then I don't know how you defend if you can't assume that I have no idea the same thing goes when you're bidding the partner makes a bid that looks insane well you might as well assume that they've actually done something normal they're trying to tell you something it's very yeah. good thinking partner's insane. It's not going to help you. 
<laughs> and that is a process I go through and we, as I'm thinking through the option, if something unusual happens, the first thing I say to myself, my partner is not bonkers, right? <laughs> and then I think about what it means. It's only after you can see four, all four hands that you know for sure they're bonkers. Got to assume they're not. We had a word for that last year when, was it last year, Barry, where we were just going along and I says, oh, well, we bid along merrily and even if it was a defensive thing, you just put it down and say, ta-da, <laughs> leave it up to them. Marianne right. puts her head in dummy and says, ta-da. <laughs> dummies don't deserve a fanfare, I'm afraid. Thank you, Pam. Catch Kermit next week for another tip. See you. Phenomena. Barry and I were talking about systems the other night, and here's his tip to me. So I said about a system, just talking about it, and you know what he said? He said, if it's not working... Rip it up. It's not worth the paper it's written on. Rip it up and start again. So if you think you've got something to talk about with your partner that's not really on the system, and if it's not working, rip it up, start again. If you're not following the system, then there's so much point in playing it. You might as well start with a new system. So talking to somebody the other day, he said that they had a partner that liked to open when they had both majors. And they were opening with less points than they should when they had both majors. Well, if that's the case, then they had to they had to change the system so they could open with both majors. Yeah. It might not work, of course. It could be a disaster. But if that's what you're doing, there's no point in saying that you're doing something else. And I also like the little tidbit about, I think Kermit raised it once, that you start with a new system and you've got a, a special bid. And let's just say, I don't know, two diamonds, triple four one. And you know what it means, and you know what your response is, but if you don't have any idea what happens when the opponents interfere or what happens after the second step, then perhaps you need to take it out of the system until you completely understand. Actually, any time you add something into your system, whether it be two diamonds, which means you no longer have a week two in diamonds or whatever, you always lose something. If you're going to say, okay, if you open a spade and I bid two clubs, it's going to mean something different. Well, yep. then you're no longer able to bid two clubs when you've got clubs. So as soon as you add something in, you always lose something. So ask yourself two things. Is it worth it? Do I really want to lose that thing? Is this thing really worth it? And just think a little bit further, too, as to how is that going to affect lots of other options? What will I do when I've got clubs? Or what will I do when I've got a week two in diamonds? What are we going to do instead? You know, you can't just add something in and have it not affect a whole lot of other things in your system as well. It's fraught with danger, adding bits and pieces into the system. If I ask you, Nate, Judge Dooley coming up. We're heading off to the courthouse. Director, please. How can I help? Judge Julie presiding. Good morning, Judge Julie. Morning. Morning, Judge. We've got a question about suits this morning. A lot of Aucklanders not wearing suits at the moment because they have to stay <laughs> home. The question is, when is a bit of a suit... Alertable or not alertable? That's quite a good question. There's some stuff in the regulations and there's stuff by definition in general about what is natural and what isn't natural. In general, you're alerting bids that either have a meaning that's unexpected. For example, if I open a precision diamond uh, where I might only have one or even none, that would be alertable or where you've got additional information by agreement. So one would argue that if you open two hearts because you've got hearts and a minor, you've got hearts. 
why does my partner alert it? And the answer is because it's got extra information. So if I open two hearts, I'm telling partner, I also have a second suit. And that's a really important piece of information that will affect my opponent's bidding or play quite a lot of the time. The other one is where, and some people do this by agreement, is where, say, I open one heart and partner bids one no trump, and I bid two of a suit and it might be a three-card suit. That would be an agreement I have with my partner. It would be not what my opponents generally expect, so it would be alertable. But my partner has to know I'm doing this. It's got to be a partnership agreement. If I do this and then I do it again, then it becomes a partnership agreement because partner knows that this is what I do for good or for very bad or for whatever reason. So a natural bid is generally a willingness to play there or it's something that you've got. It is not four suit forcing, all right? If we bid three suits and then we bid the fourth suit, it is commonly used for a different meaning and it is forcing and it doesn't necessarily have the suit that is bid, in which case that becomes alertable. Now, with New Zealand Bridge, our regulations are that bids above three no trumps other than opening bids are not alertable. That becomes a different thing altogether by our regulation. But if I was playing online, which seems to be something we're going to keep doing for quite a while at the moment, then I would self-alert all bids that were not necessarily four cards or longer because why wouldn't I? Like sometimes we guess a bit at this game because we have to. Let's just say, I'll give you a hand, Julie, because I'm a generous guy, so I'll give you a hand. And you've got four spades and a singleton half, and you've got five diamonds and three clubs. So you open a diamond, because that's your yep. longest suit. Yep. And partner says, no trump. She says, they haven't got a four-card major. I don't really like my singleton half match. And no, I know no, that I partner's, either, partner's either got a few diamonds or they've got some clubs. So yep. I might decide to bid two clubs, but I've only got three of them. But your partner doesn't know that, do, do they? Well, no, so if your partner doesn't know, they can't alert it. And if I thought that I was always showing four, I might not tell my opponents it's only three because I have taken a view or I have decided to facilitate the bidding. That's fine. But if I start doing this more frequently, not fine. Now I'm going to self-alert or I expect my partner's going to start alerting my bids. There's a thing about bidding minors with three-card suits. One of the more common ones is like you've got 18 points or 19 points and a six-card diamond suit. And you bid one diamond and partner bids a major. And you've got a singleton in the other major. Now you want to make a forcing bid, but you don't really have anything you can say. So one of the really more common conversations is to make a jump shift in a three-card minor or do something in the major because you're just between a rock and a hard place. And when you're in that situation, and that happens a lot in competitive bidding, where all of a sudden bids aren't quite right, that you've got problems in the auction, you're just trying to do the best thing you can about describing your hand to your partner. You're not trying to lie to your opponents or create or psych or do those things. It's just that you've got a variety of choices and all of them are wrong. So you just do the best you can. And that's just sort of bidding. As I said, if it can't starts happening frequently, well, then it probably requires an alert because it's unexpected. And if you alert it and you shouldn't, you're less likely to be in trouble than if you don't alert it when you should. Some players that invent these bids use my least favourite saying when asked about it, and they say, it's just bridge. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think 
condescending, intimidating, and a few other things that I probably am not going to say on the radio show. If people <laughs> ask you the meaning of a bit, no matter how silly you might think their question, some people are inexperienced. Some people haven't come across these things. Some of them are feeling intimidated and they ask because they want to know. And we get that a lot with our relay situations. So you should answer and you should answer politely. You should not be commenting on what you think of their question. And it's just bridge is, I think, one of the worst comments I've heard. What was that comment you had the other day, Barry? It's just the bid or something like that. <laughs> I had somebody and I asked what the bid was, one club was, you know, they hadn't said yeah. what, and they said, it's just a bid. That's their response. <laughs> <laughs> and it's quite amazing, isn't it? One of the big problems we hit with online, where people do get quite upset sometimes, is where people in different clubs have different things that they do. So something has been taught at a club or become popular at a club right. that no one else knows what it is. So the people are confused because this is what is common and standard for where they play, but not for when we've got a big not group when of they venture out. Yeah. And so you end up with this problem where people have difficulty articulating what their bid means because it's just something that we all play, you know. <laughs> I think that's where it gets hard for the novices because they know that they're bidding, they're taught alcohol and they're taught bidding natural suits, you know, that you've got to have four and then you can describe five, four. And then when they get into those trickier hands, they think, oh, I don't know what to do. And it gets too hard and they pass. Yeah. And they'd more rather pass than stretch the truth. <laughs> Actually, I had a hand last night, Patrick got me to sub with this lovely lady that I'd never seen before. And the bidding went one spade on my right, pass, two spades, double from my partner, pass to me. And I had four points. I had four spades, three hearts, three diamonds, and three clubs. And partner had to take out double three spades. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, really, I thought my only choice was to bid one of my three-card suits. So I bid the lowest three cards. I bid yeah. clubs. <laughs> My partner has no idea that I'm bidding a three-card suit, and she proved it by raising me to four later on. <laughs> and it's one of those things that I'm sure Pam will agree with one of her tips. If you're ever going to have to tell a lie about what you have in your head, it's better off doing it in a minor than it is in anything else, okay? <laughs> All I can say is, on this particular hand, I'd have been way better off to lie in the major because you have five of those. <laughs> uh, <laughs> However, that's another story. Uh, Patrick and I have played a 3-3 three, three fit on that basis as well at the four level. Not everything works all the time. It can be a bit, bit fraught on occasion. Hey, and sometimes the 3-3 three, three fit's about as good as you've got. <laughs> <laughs> Similar to partner's other suit and <laughs> sometimes so, it just gets messy. So one of the things about, and we, we've had this discussion recently actually with the beginners coming out, is that we have preset hands for lessons because we want to teach what can be bid without the problems of what yes. doesn't work. Once you start playing in a session, you're going to get all of these random hands and sometimes you're going to hit that problem. And so if we've got people that mentor or that where people can put their hand up and ask for help, we can give them confidence about what we do. And one of the best things I think we can do is when someone asks is say, that's a really hard hand, I don't know. Because there are yep. hands which are really hard. And it's not always that there's a perfect answer. All right. Thank you for that. And we'll catch you next week. Okay. Have a good week. 
Happy bridging, everybody, whether it's BBO or at your club if you're open. If you've got anything to give us some feedback, bridgezoneshuffle at gmail.com. Catch you next week. Bye. New Zealand Bridge, sponsoring Bridge from beginner to international, nationwide. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.